Jesus is the message. He's our hope. He is our promise. May we worship him with all we've got. May we celebrate the one who is king of kings, who has come to this earth. Amen. Well, Merry Christmas. Man, it is great to be here with you, great to be celebrating both here in person and online. Man, as we rally in the month of December, it is all about Jesus Christ, the King of the universe who came for us. And all of God's people said, amen. Amen. As we get going here now in these next couple of weeks, we're in a new sermon series. Just a few weeks long as we walk through this Christmas series, and we're talking about Jesus Christ and the hope of who he is. We're looking at Jesus Christ as the promise the one who was promised for, the one who was promised about just right before he even came, and the one who was promised even for future eternal. We have the promised from eternity past, from uh, all that God had in store. And if you look in the Old Testament, there was the promises of Scripture. And if you look into our lives right now, we have the promise of Christ with us. Man, God doing an amazing work along the way. In fact, you can see a little bit of the graphic for the sermon series behind us, and you can see the old city element and then the new city element, this promise that is true back then and even now today, may we worship Jesus Christ. And all of God's people said, amen. A huge deal for us to grasp in this Christmas season. May we just grasp a little of the promise of him and be able to celebrate him with all we've got. So that said, turn with me, if you will, to Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. As we get going in this series on the promise, Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26. And uh, point number one here is behold, celebrate the promise of our eternal King, Jesus. Behold, celebrate the promise of our eternal King, Jesus. And when we see the word behold, we say, So get ready for that. It comes up a number of times in this passage. There's a lot of amazing storyline and awe that comes out for us to be checking out. You know, as we dive into this context-wise, just so we know a little bit of what is going on, God is working with a family and with an extended family. He's working with two different women at this point in Luke chapter 1, and he's talking to this family, and he's like, I'm doing something huge through you. And Elizabeth, who was not able to have children, she was older in years and wasn't having any kids at that point, and there was no ability for it. And God brings a hope to her of her son who's going to be born, a miracle work. And he was going to be born. His name would be John. And John would actually have the privilege of being the messenger. So the first family is going to have the messenger. And then the next that comes is God talking with Mary through the angels and bringing a message. And Mary's starting to hear that she's also gonna have a son. And the promise that she has is not that her son will be the messenger, but her son is the message. And that is the promise. We have this huge hope in Jesus Christ. We're gonna be looking a little bit today at the message, Jesus, and the promise made about him. And then next week we'll be looking at the messenger and the promise made about him. As we talk about the promise in this Christmas season, know this, God has a plan. Everybody just say, God has a plan. Man, God has a plan. May we worship and celebrate him in the midst. So as we dive in here in Luke chapter 1, starting in verse 26, here we go. It says, in the sixth month, and remember we're talking about Elizabeth right before this. She's the one who was told she's going to have John, the one who would be the messenger. So she's now six months along in the pregnancy there. In the sixth month, 
the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God. Just so you know, in the original language, that word angel there is the word messenger. Like it's the one who would bring a message. That's what the word angel means. I don't know if you know that. But when we talk about the angels, actually the word is they're messengers. They have a role to play as they, on behalf of God, bring message into mankind. And that's part of their role and responsibility. And so this angel's name was Gabriel. And uh, Gabriel, he's got a big role. In fact, he was kind of assigned, you're like the premier messenger. You see this name pop up in the Old Testament in the book of Daniel. And he's part of the responsibility of helping Daniel understand some of the vision that would come. The visions that were dealing with some of what was happening with all of the world, but also more than that, what would be happening with the Messiah. And so he's the Messiah messenger. He was bringing it to Daniel in the Old Testament, and now he shows up to be able to talk with Mary. It says the angel Gabriel was sent from God. God sending him. This wasn't Gabriel going off on his own. This wasn't Gabriel like, I've had enough of waiting around to do my huge job. I'm just going to go start it on my own. Like not, everybody say not that. Right? God sent him. He's like, here we go. It's time. And I can't imagine the smile on Gabriel's face when God the Father is like, okay, here we go. It's time for the message of the Messiah. You talked about this hundreds and hundreds of years ago with Daniel, but now it's here. I can't even imagine Gabriel's response as he's like, right now, I'm on. And he's getting ready to go after it. It says the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a city of Galilee named Nazareth. So if you know a little bit about Israel, you've got the Sea of Galilee, right? It's a little bit over Mediterranean here, Sea of Galilee over a little bit. So you have the Sea of Galilee about 20 miles off of the Sea of Galilee back in towards the Mediterranean. 20 miles off of the Sea of Galilee is this little tiny town called Nazareth. The whole area up there called Galilee. So Galilee, maybe you could think of it sort of like Tazewell County, right? And then the city of Nazareth would be whatever little town you want to pick in Tazewell County. In fact, it's really important that it's Nazareth, this really just this rural little town. There wasn't much going on. In fact, most of the people there were some kind of farmer or they would own animals or they would do little bits of handcraft that they would try to sell. But it was really a rural, small existence. In fact, if you want to use a word about Nazareth, it would be insignificant. And that's why when actually the statements came about Christ coming later and he's from Nazareth, they're like, Nazareth? Nothing good comes from Nazareth. And maybe you grew up around a town where you'd say nothing good comes from that town. He's talking like that. Like everybody knows about that town and it really is just kind of small and insignificant and that's what he's talking about. And he shows up, this angel as a messenger of Messiah himself, to a small, insignificant town just a little bit off of the Sea of Galilee. And he's got a thunderous message to share. 
He says, to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph. To a virgin, literally meaning she has not slept with anyone. She hasn't had any physical intimacy with a man at all. And so she is pure in nature in that regard. But more than that, it says betrothed to a man named Joseph. Betrothed. This is a little bit like what we would call engaged, but a lot more intense. Okay? Like betrothed, it's a commitment that actually to get out of a betrothal, you would need to divorce. So it's all the way to marriage on that front, except not still living together, haven't started living together yet, and haven't had any physical intimacy together. But otherwise, committed. Like this is married to the hilt, just in the process. In fact, during the betrothal period, the groom was actually setting things up, preparing a home so that she could come and live there. And once everything was set, then he would come back and get her and they would have the final wedding ceremony and close everything out and be married, okay? So this is Joseph preparing them betrothed, committed. The only way out would be divorce. She's on her way to a family with someone and he shows up to this woman, it says, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. Joseph, pretty stand-up guy, very caring and very concerned along the way about life and about God and God blessing into this family now. And Mary's betrothed to Joseph. It says, of the house of David. Everybody say, that's a big deal. Dude, that's a huge deal. And in fact, we're going to hear it come up in the passage in a little bit. But as that goes, the only way you could sit on the throne of David as king is as if you were from the family and lineage of the house of David. And Joseph now being of the house of David, that means that whoever his offspring would be, whoever his children would be, and in this case, we know the story of Jesus, him actually kind of caring for him and having him as a part of his family there, that would actually be rights and privileges passed across, even through Joseph. So of the house of David, he's like, I'm setting it up just so you know, kingship would be something Joseph could pass along, okay? It says, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, who used to be king of Israel in prior generations. It says, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the virgin's name was Mary. And, uh, you know, she was probably about 14, maybe 15 years old. That's what they would say prototypically for women getting betrothed or engaged uh, back then, about 14 or 15. She was like a freshman in high school, if you think of it that way. And she's dreaming about what it's going to be to be married and all that's being set up. And she can't wait for what's coming. But she's doing her things in this rural town, just kind of hanging on, waiting for the details to get set. And Gabriel shows to Mary, it says, and he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, I can't imagine what that was like. And I really can't even do it justice. But you got to picture a small rural town, a little bit up on a hill. We're in the quiet. You can just hear the breeze blowing a little bit. You hear the trees ruffle just a little bit. You can hear the animals in the background, maybe some chickens running around clucking. You hear a cow going off, right, as she's working and just hearing that breeze and you hear the <laughs> And that's like it, man. That's what's going on and all of a sudden, there is an angel in her presence. It says, greetings, oh favored one. 
like I have no idea how that went down, but have you ever walked into a room and kind of shocked somebody that you're there? Like it kind of happens every day at our house. My wife works out early in the morning and I work out a little bit later with her. So when I go downstairs, she's already on the treadmill. And when I come down, you would think that one would know I'd be coming down. And if somebody came in, it would probably be your husband, right? But every day when I walk in, she's walking on the treadmill with her back to the door. And I say, hey, babe. And she's like, ah, and almost goes off the treadmill. It had that kind of effect, I'm sure, with Mary. As she's standing there working and doing whatever she's doing, and all of a sudden, greetings, oh favored one. Ah, like, what? who are you? Now, we don't know what this angel looked like, but I'm telling you, massive in size would not be inappropriate. Super bright would not be inappropriate. We actually see a little bit of fear gets welled up in here. We'll see it in a little bit in the passage as she takes a step back, stunned, and he says to her, greetings, just so you know, in the original language, this is a lot like saying good morning or blessings to you, you know, or if you're Irish, like top of the morning to you, like it's that kind of thing, right? He's saying blessings to you, wishing well on you, greetings to you, oh favored one, the Lord is with you. As she gets taken aback by him being there at first, now this massive being, this majorly important being, maybe stunning in size, stunning in brightness, says, oh favored one. The Lord is with you. And she's like, you can just picture that moment where she's been working and she has to do the, just to blow the hair out of her eyes and looks up at him like, I'm favored. That's what you're saying? Like she's beginning to try to take this in and she can barely process the statement. He says, yes, you're, oh, favored one, the Lord is with you. She was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. You joking with me? Who are you, man? What are you trying to, are you selling something? What is going on with this? What do you mean, oh favored one? In what way? I'm in this little town. I've got a husband. I'm super excited about where we're headed with the marriage. Maybe you mean that. What do you mean, oh favored one? In what way do you, an angelic presence in my life, say to me that I'm favored? She's deeply troubled, it says, greatly troubled by the saying and trying to figure out what it means. Maybe she's even just freaked out. I have no idea what this guy's talking about, and I don't like him standing here telling me this. I'm uncomfortable with all of it. You know she's a little wigged out by his size, his presence in general. In fact, then it says, and the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. Have you ever noticed how many times angels have to say to people when they show up, no, don't be afraid, right? There's something important, huge about these beings. We don't know what it is. And they have to have had a talk at some point. Where they're like, have you noticed every time we show up, these human beings just wig out, man? Like, you know, like, maybe we should come with a little lower presence. And then one of them is like, nah, dude, let's wig them out a little bit. Let's just, we got a massive message to show. And as he shows up, he's like, don't be afraid. I don't think he was scolding her. He's like, don't be afraid. It's not that. He's like, don't be afraid. Hang on. Something huge is happening here. He says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, 
check it out, man. He's like, you found favor with God. God is blessing upon you. He's pouring it in. And she's like, really? Like, in what way? What are you talking about? He says, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. Now, I'm just telling you what I would have heard from that is you're getting married. Eventually, the good news is you're going to have a son in time. And Mary didn't hear it that way. And we'll see that in just a second in the passage. She knows he's talking about right here and right now. And it's a problem. He's like, you will conceive in your womb and you will bear a son. This is the first moment where Mary's got to be like, whoa. Just a little step back. Now, what are you talking about? Careful now. Actually, if she's going to conceive and bear a son, that means she has cheated on her husband. That would be a problem. And you shall call his name Jesus. She's like now being told he's going to have a son and she's being told what to name him. Have you ever had somebody in your life like that? <laughs> we are like, hey, that's great. You're going to have him. You should name him this, right? But the angel's like, this is what's happening. This is the blessing. And you need to name him Jesus. This is the plan. In fact, Jesus meaning savior, Jesus, the hope of salvation that's what you're naming him. She said, name him Jesus. He will be great and called son of the most high. Second, whoa. Like not only are you going to have a son, but this son will be great. Son of the most high God. There is a massive statement about the import and the value of Christ. That him being son of God, there is divinity with this one. There is kingship with this one. This one is going to be massive in nature. In Nazareth, where nothing takes place. With a young girl who's not even fully married yet. And he's saying, hang on. You are going to have an amazing gift and privilege. It says, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his father, David. Whoa. Third massive woe. Are you kidding me? Listen, all the Jews for centuries now have known that there is somehow going to be a continuation of the Davidic throne. The kingship is going to start up again. And somehow one of them is going to be called Messiah and when he steps on the Davidic throne, he is going to take over forever. I, I don't even understand what forever means, but somehow forever he's going to rule. They knew this was coming. The kingship throne was going to be stepping up. And he says to Mary, yeah, I'm talking your son. I'm talking soon. And I'm talking Davidic throne. It's all coming back and it's coming through you. Mary, here we go. The Lord will give to him the throne of his father, David. He will reign and rule as king. That's what he's saying. It says, and he will reign over the house of Jacob. He's going to be king of Israel. He is going, remember right now, they're sitting in a spot where Rome is actually taken over in large measure. Israel is basically under and largely captive. It's a train wreck. They're responding to Herod as king. And they're like, just so you know, Gabriel is saying, just so you know, your son is going to be king of Israel, king over the house of Jacob. And it says, and of his kingdom, there shall be no end. And when he begins to rule forever kingship, it will never end. 
this promise that your son, son of the most high, king over Israel, will rule forever. Everybody just say forever. Dude, that's a promise. And Mary is stunned by the statement. You know, all too often we hear the word forever and we uh, don't think of it properly. And we have to begin to grasp a little bit of what we're talking about. Jesus Christ taking over as King of kings and Lord of lords forever. Him ruling for all eternity. Man, we have our lives so wrapped up in what's going on in the here and the now, in the immediate, in the pains and the struggles, in a little bit of the joys and the laughters, and we wrap ourselves up in this little moment, but forever is managed in Jesus Christ. So I thought we could just do a little bit of an illustrate on forever. So I'm going to ask two of our guys to come up here, Pastor Mike, and we've got Dave, one of our facilities guys. And we're going to do a little illustrate. Why don't you come on up on the stage, Dave, and you can come across and go down the steps that way. All right. So if you zoom in here, you can see this little piece of purple. Why don't you hang on there, Dave, on the top on the stage there. Just hang on, Dave. Just right there. So see this? This is our lives. This whole purple is your whole life. All of it. Okay? This is like our 70, 80, 100 years of life. All the ups and the downs and the everything. All the hurts and the heartaches, all the dreams and the everything. And we're told a little bit about forever. And we think of it kind of like this. And this is as far as we think. But know this, man. It goes on and on and on. If this is 100 years, well, this is 200 and 300 and 400. You've got almost 1,000 years or more here as we stand on stage. Let's go ahead and roll it out. But what is forever? Think of it this way. All of the white that's going on here, all of the white rope, this is the King of Kings, Jesus, ruling over all. And as he rules over everything, there is no pain, no heartache, no sorrow, no struggle, no anything anymore in any down way, all joy, all the heartache and pain is in this little spot. And eternity is still going out the door. This is forever. The door is now taking eternity on and it's going in the hallway. <laughs> I'm just telling you, forever. We toy around with our 70, 80, 100 years. But this is Christ ruling. No pain, no heartache, all joy, all amazing worship as we enter in staring at the glorious kingdom and as we see this kingdom, we're in awe and then Christ in his glory steps in front of us and we jaw drop in worship. Each day as we try to figure out the next thing that God's going after, because hear me, man, God is a creating God and forever he is going to be creating and we're gonna be a part of it. We're gonna have role in it. We don't know what that means, but I know this. This is so insignificant. And all of God's people said, are you ready for forever? Jesus Christ, forever King, as he comes into this world, 
as he rules and reigns and takes over kingship and walks us into heaven and forever and ever 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 no end. And all of God's people said, Jesus Christ is king. That's the promise. Amen. So here's the challenge. How much are you focused on the purple? Are you ready to start focusing on the white? The glorious gift of Jesus Christ, our promise for forever. And all of God's people said, amen, man, amen. I'm gonna put this to the side and God is gonna magically roll up eternity (laughs) for the next service. All right, all right. Man, I'm telling you, it's super important that we grasp the forever nature of Jesus Christ. It's a huge deal. Point number two, worship. Praise God for the miracle of God with us. Worship. Praise God for the miracle of God with us. It says, and Mary said to the angel, How will this be since I'm a virgin? Remember, the statement from the angel was, you're going to have a son. He's going to be the most high, son of the most high. He's going to be king of the house of Jacob. He's going to rule forever. And Mary's like, hang on, let's go back to the beginning. How am I going to have a kid? Because I am not going to cheat on my husband I am dedicated to him, I'm betrothed to him, and I'm hanging on for him. And you seem to be implying right here and right now. So what are you saying? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Let's put it in one word, miracle. He's like, I am telling you the miracle that's coming As the Holy Spirit comes upon you, the father of this child will be God himself. And the soul will be the son of God stepping in. You're going to have God with you. And this isn't some human to human interaction. This is God with man, fully God, fully man. That's the hope. Holy Spirit coming on you and God overshadowing you. Sweet privilege and power coming on. And this is a super big deal. We're actually told in scripture, Romans chapter five and a few other spots, that just so you know, sin comes on us and is passed down through the headship, through men. And as sin is passed through man, it's a super huge deal that we understand if Christ is sinless, then he could not have a human father as his father. Otherwise, sin would have been passed down and brought some kind of broken down nature to something that he had. But it says in Hebrews 4 that he's sinless, perfect. And the whole secret comes in this, because his father is God himself. And he breaks the sin moment. And Jesus Christ, who has the Holy Spirit coming on Mary, along with Mary, now no sin is being passed along. And Jesus, perfect and glorious, in who he is as man and as God. Fully God, fully man, perfect. Everybody say perfect. Miracle work as the Holy Spirit comes on. It says, therefore, 
And when we see the word therefore, we say, right? So because of all of this miracle, because of the amazing nature of what's going, because of God coming on Mary to be able to generate this perfection, it says, therefore, the child to be born will be called holy, the son of God. We're going to see divinity interacting with humanity. You're going to see fully God, fully man. You're going to see Jesus who is holy, set apart, perfect, righteous, glorious, sinless, Holy Spirit in you, Mary. Basically, the angel is saying, Mary, your kid's going to be perfect. And she's like, well, of course. Right? What every mom wants to think of their child. They're perfect. They're so sweet. I love them. And no, no, Mary, I mean perfect. I mean sinless and glorious along the way. This is a huge privilege to see him as our sinless Savior and our great high priest and God fulfilling every little piece of it, allowing him to now as our high priest be man as he's got the flesh of Mary as a part, but to step in and taste of the pain and sorrow in this world while remaining sinless because he is God. The full high priesthood fulfilled in the amazing plan revealed by Gabriel. Jesus Christ and God Almighty, and he has a plan. And Jesus, King of the universe, absolutely perfect, our hope, our high priest, and forever King of kings. He is greater. Everybody just say, he is greater. Man, that's our king. And that's the promise Mary was receiving. The hope. This one is going to come through you, Mary. He says, and behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, Check it out. Behold, be in awe. He says, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her also who was called barren. Elizabeth, she's now related to Mary in some connection. And this connection, now he's letting her know your relationship with Elizabeth. You know her, the one who's older, the one who couldn't have a child, the one who's barren. She is six months pregnant with a son. He's sharing with her, this isn't the only miracle going on, Mary. There's a miracle with the messenger, and there's a miracle with you who will be bearing the message, and that's the hope taking place. He says, this miracle with Elizabeth is coming down, and and it's going to be a son. I'm just going to say, this is a very old school gender reveal. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm just going to tell you she's pregnant. She's like, what? I had no idea. And it's a boy. Like we today, we try to shoot a little blue confetti cannon, you know? They're like, not us. We have angels. They come and they deliver the massive message. She's pregnant and it's a boy. Thunderous statement of hope and interaction along the way. And Mary said, behold. And when we see the word behold, we say, check it out. And again, in awe, Mary's stunned by all that she's seeing and hearing. She says, I am the servant of the Lord. I am under. What you say goes, you rule over all. 
And then she says right after it, let it be according to your word. Your statement, Gabriel, may that be exactly what it is. I'm just telling you, when we say that we see the word behold and we say, check it out, we are to be checking it out in worship. And if we really behold, the next thing that's going to happen is it puts us on our knees and we're in awe. Every time you see the word behold, get ready to worship. And Mary is like, behold, I am in awe of this plan you are giving. And I am stunned with what you are doing. Sin is a massive problem in this world. Remember the rope, the little purple. We experience the pain and the the struggle and the heartache and the hurt every day in every way. We're thankful if we can wake up without aches and pains and go through a day without it. That is but a short sliver of time. And God has a plan to deal with that little purple tape on the massive rope of eternity and put it all to rest. He does it with this miracle. God with us. He does it with this miracle. Jesus, King of Kings. He does it with this miracle. Jesus, overall King of everything, way maker, miracle worker, in the purple working in our lives, and in the white giving us eternal perfection with Him. Are you ready to worship the King? Man, that's the call out. As Mary grasped it, she's like, I'm in. And I'm on a knee. It says, and the angel departed from her. Like, I think it kind of went like this. He's like, do you get it? And he's looking at her and she responds with, I'm in worship as you say it, let it be. And Gabriel's like, mic drop. That's what I'm talking about. It's over. Message given. You now understand what's coming down. And with a smile on his face, the message of Messiah has been shared. The promise of the one who can be with us in our heartaches, the one who is with us in our daily hurts in this world, the one who struggles with us and hurts with us and cries with us and longs for us and the Holy Spirit groaning on our behalf. We are not alone as we struggle in this broken world. And all of God's people said, He is making a way, and He is providing, and He is healing, and He is ushering us into eternity forever with Jesus Christ. No pain, no sorrow, nor heartache, all joy forever. May God get all the glory. And all of God's people said, may we worship the message, Jesus Christ, our promise. Let's pray.